Hi, everybody, and welcome to Storyteller. My name is Kevin Shively, and a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to host a live session of Storyteller on stage at the Seattle Interactive Conference. It featured two speakers from brand new sports franchises here in Seattle. Becca Elliott from the new NHL Seattle team, yet to be named, and Michelle Delancey from the Seattle XFL Dragons. Very excited for you to check out this conversation. They are experts in their field and building programs from the ground up. It's a ton of fun. I don't want to take any more of your time. Enjoy the episode. One more time, as Seattle sports fans all in the room, let's give it up for our two newest sports franchises here. So without, without stealing too much of your thunder, I would love to start uh, just by having each of you talk a little bit about your background, how you ended up where you are, and what you're excited about with the teams. Becca, let's start with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, where you're from, what you did, and what you're doing now. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Becca Elliott. I'm the Director of Digital and Fan Experience for NHL Seattle. Uh, I'm originally a Southerner, so if you hear me drop a y'all, that's what that is. Uh, I grew up in Virginia and Georgia and then went to the University of Georgia for college. You'll also hear me talk about Georgia football inevitably at some point today. Uh, but graduated with a degree in uh, strategic intelligence and defense, which is a conversation for another day that has nothing to do with what I do now. Uh, but weirdly enough, that landed me in tech uh, right away. I ended up in tech startup as my first uh, job, and I have never left until making the pivot into sports and have always been on the fan or customer experience side of the business. So whether that was sales or then moving into sales management and strategy and then into solutions architecture and then very naturally into product and product development. And then now obviously focused on the fan experience, especially fan technology and how those two worlds will intersect. So it's been an interesting arc so far. Awesome, you made a few pivots. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, and Michelle, how about you? Yeah. I'm Michelle Delancey. I am here from Seattle. Uh, I went to Washington State University, go Cougs. And um, I uh, had an internship out of uh, Wazoo with Seafair um, as an events and operations intern and had the opportunity to get a job straight out of an internship, which as I give people informational interviews, I always say the internships do really work. Um, I took a job with Virginia Mason Medical Center um, as a development coordinator and was there with them for 17 years um, overseeing marketing, um, their sports marketing sponsorship. So they were the official healthcare partner um, of all of the professional sports teams for quite a while. Uh, and then we took on a Boeing Classic, which was the PGA Tour Champions event. Um, it started in 2005, and I had the opportunity of um, starting that event um, with a great group and community here in Seattle. Uh, I was with the Medical Center for 17 years and oversaw the Boeing Classic for 13 years uh, and left in 2016, um, had the opportunity to work for an experiential marketing agency um, in the area, working with some great brands and sponsors and a group, group of people, um, and then had just started with the XFL Dragons um, this past summer, uh, at the end of July. Things are moving very quickly, but it's, it's been a great opportunity to, um, to work on the team side and to be able to um, jump in right at a startup. Nice, that's fantastic. John Daly once made me hold his cigarette while he used a porta potty at the Boeing Classic. So yeah, fantastic, all right. Uh, that's a classy John, right? Yeah, always, yeah. always. He had great pants on. Yeah. Um, so uh, Becca, you were a director of product at Liquid Planner for a long time, software company here in Seattle. Uh, and honestly, I think that's gonna be a superpower that you bring to the sports world. Uh, we're seeing a little bit more of that, but not a, not a ton. 
why do you think this background is going to be um, something that kind of powers the team and powers what you're doing at NHL Seattle? Sure, I'm glad you think that. <laughs> we'll see how the sports community feels about that. It's, I do agree. I think it has been a really interesting time. I actually originally started just helping the team sort of for free a couple days a week, would go over to the office to talk about technology and how that will affect change in the fan experience and asking a lot of questions. If there are any product managers in the audience or if you work with product managers, you know that we can be sort of annoying and uh, how many questions we ask but that has been a precedent that we have immediately set uh, at NHL Seattle is we have a blank slate which I'm sure we'll talk about today but we have the ability to question every single thing that a fan does and how they interact with us as a team and from a product perspective it's amazing and I sit in every meeting and every decision we make the question I always ask is why are we doing it that way and the reason other teams do it that way isn't good enough um, and so that's been something that culturally we've taken on, but as a product manager, I've been able to really stay true to that part of, of what I believe about a great technology and great work is that we should always be asking, can it be better? And, and what is that basis for why we're making that decision? And, and I hope that we will continue in that, in that direction as a team in every aspect, not just in technology, but asking, is this the best thing for the fans? Is this going to help their experience? And so far that has absolutely run true. That's great. I think one of the things that I've noticed the product managers I've worked with over the years is the focus on unification is is huge. So that's that's something that the sports world needs. So I'm excited to see what you can do with that. Uh, Michelle, on, on the flip side, you've got a tenured career in the sponsorship and sports event and athlete management space. Um, what have you noticed is different on the team side as you're as you're building this program from scratch than what you were used to? Yeah, I've gotten the opportunity to work in a lot of different areas uh, in events, and football um, was not one of them. And so um, first, just going to the football side, um, I got to know golf really well and other um, sports. Um, so I think the startup piece of this is that uh, it's something different. It's different to Seattle while it still is football. It's not competing with the NFL. It's not trying to be the Seattle Seahawks. It's creating a new opportunity for sports fans in Seattle to be able to come out and enjoy um, a new team uh, in a time where there's not a lot going on. So our season will start in February um, and go through the end of April. And that's kind of a lull in the Seattle sports right now until um, hockey picks up in a couple years. And so for me, the opportunity to be able to just start something in a city that I love with um, the great fans that we have, as well as work with a really great team. Coach Zorn, Jim Zorn is our coach, um, a great Seattle legend, has built an awesome uh, football side. And then Ryan Gustafson is the team president, has built a, a team in the front office that has a lot of really great experience that's from the Seattle area or recently moved here to work with the team. Awesome, that's fantastic. So the 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 focus of this, the track that this session is a part of is storytelling. Uh, and I wanna talk about how you're thinking through that um, throughout the venue, throughout digital, throughout social. And so we pulled together a few tweets from, from each of your brands um, that we're gonna touch on here. So Becca, we have one up right now, uh, introducing a new series called The Weekly Warm Up. Uh, tell us a little bit about the thought process that went into that and why the team uh, decided this was a, a good way to promote things when we're still, you know, a year year or two out from the league. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's been fascinating trying to define our audience and define our personas, if you will, uh, because we are looking at everything from someone born in Canada who basically was given a hockey stick the second they could walk to someone who's never seen a professional hockey game in their lives. And this is something that we have designed to try to be our great equalizer as far as hockey knowledge is concerned, because we want the Seattle community and really the Pacific Northwest, which I can talk a little bit about our audience and how huge it's going to be, because uh, we are the American Pacific Northwest team, how we can educate them on hockey and get them excited. And we haven't drafted our team yet, y'all. So when you watch a game, you are watching someone on that ice who will play for us in two years. And so we're trying to engage our fans in that and help educate them between now and 2021 so that when puck drops, they can be just as well disciplined and well and knowledgeable like the Seahawks fans are. I mean, the 12s are amazing. They know when to boo, they know when to cheer, they know when to be quiet. And uh, from a fan experience perspective, that's the dream. And can we educate people to get them there by 2021? And we think we can. That's great. So we've got, I mean, we've got the Canucks up in Vancouver, mm -hmm. which will be a great rivalry. I'm excited yes. about that. But as far as the the greater Seattle and Pacific Northwest audience is concerned, what have you what have you learned about them? What um, what is their what's the broad understanding of hockey and and approach to that? Sure. So. Seattle also is a, a city of transplants. I am one of them. I grew up a Caps fan. And so we also know we're going to be converting fans from other teams to us, which can't wait. That's going to be great. We're going to earn that. Uh, but we do know that that is really wide. And uh, actually, this tweet is a great example of that. This is from one of our uh, free uh, play hockey days that we are looking into the community to say we need to establish hockey here. Uh, there aren't sheets of ice in the city of Seattle right now. Ours will be the first when we're actually done building that. Uh, but hockey as a community will follow us and we're taking that really seriously. Uh, you know, an anecdote is one of the best players in the NHL right now, uh, Connor McDavid. He grew up in Arizona and he was learned to play in Arizona and he you never would have had him even think about the sport if the Coyotes weren't there. And we are getting ready to do the same exact thing here. And so we don't assume that the average person knows you know, what icing is uh, or knows why someone's in the penalty box. We are assuming that we need to get everyone to that level first. I love that. And we have some, some good minor league teams in town with the Silver Tips and the Thunderbirds. And uh, building that community and getting kids involved is, is a great approach to that. Well, and they've had incredible success. So many of their players just got drafted into the actual NHL. So if you are curious about hockey, go to those games. Those teams are incredibly well established and have a lot of talent. And it's a great place to start. And it's a great place for us to start from a fan experience perspective for what the Seattle area expects of a game. Yep, absolutely. Okay, Michelle, uh, digging into the Seattle Dragons, you guys have had a ton of fun on social so far, and a few things over the last few weeks that you have been able to talk about. Um, the season's coming up quicker, but one of the things the three of us were chatting about before the show is, is some of the fun ways that you can interact with fans as a sports team on social. Um, what is the thought process that's gone into the content at the, the Dragons specifically, but the XFL, which is a new league as well? So the XFL is a single entity league, which means that we have one owner, and that's Vince McMahon, and the uh, league office is in Connecticut. And so the league has eight teams, so all teams are owned by Vince, 
Um, and so what we learned, so I started as the marketing director at the end of July, um, knowing that the team name, colors, and logo was gonna be announced in five days. The tricky part for me and the team really was that we didn't know what that was gonna be. Um, and we were gonna see it announced when everybody else did. So it made it tricky as the marketing person to try to get that um, awareness out there and by the media or whatever else that we were gonna do without really seeing what that was gonna look like. Um, and so the league has hired a couple agencies as they've prepared over the last uh, year or so to um, really take a look at who the teams are, which cities that they're in, and the names. And so um, the Seattle team or any of the other teams didn't have any say in the team names, colors, logos, or anything. And so we all learned at the same time. Um, and so when you're called the Seattle Dragons, then you just kind of take it and run with it and be as creative as you can. Um, and so we have an awesome content team that has been very creative with different ways that we can um, use dragons. We did have a team name, we didn't have any players, we didn't have our schedule, we didn't have um, our tickets on sale, but what is the content that we can talk about? Um, and so they've just been creative on being able to um, use different graphics, use digital. Um, we did a mural. Um, we used a really awesome artist named Weirdo who does awesome uh, murals and that was our first, my first marketing purchase. Um, for the team, we did a really awesome mural on First Avenue. Um, we had Coach Zorn be a part of the, um, the mural uh, video. Uh, it happened that um, Marshawn was in the area and uh, wanted to come over and say hi to Coach. Um, we happened to have the Dragons t-shirt there and um, that's where this a tweet came from um, his beast mode store is just down the street from the mural and so the timing actually was really great um, the that was probably one of our most um, highest uh, engagement with fans because then people start to speculate if he's going to come back and play in the XFL or if he's going to be a part of the team and he just happened to be for us in the right place at the right time um, to be able to take the photo and support the um, support the team that way. I mean, you can't argue with Marshawn showing up yeah. and helping promote. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, we saw it worked. There's, there are examples of other fans showing off their, their Dragons merch um, and the team helping promote that, but it really getting a community built around it, which is a ton of fun. Yeah, they used the, the tagline, Breathing Fire. Um, I also oversee game day logistics, um, which we're preparing for, and we definitely asked for a, a larger pyro budget as we got the hashtag Breathing Fire and have Dragons. So we'll see what that looks like, but it's fun to see all the different ways that the the fans are using um, the hashtags. You wouldn't know that all the emojis that are in your phone have to do with fire and dragons and different ways you can make do different stuff, but we're definitely seeing that on our social media as well. And so I love the way, uh, as we mentioned, sports teams can be a little bit more playful with what they're doing. We've actually seen your two organizations banter back and forth. Um, NH NHL Seattle hyping the new season, the start of the season. Uh, and then probably uh, what everybody really wants to see is the Dragons come back and ask in when we're going to get a name for the NHL team. Yeah, good to get this one out of the way. <laughs> um, so this is a question that I get oh, double digits every day, which is a wonderful reminder for how much people are excited about us and I think grounds us every day and reminds us in what we're doing and how great it is. We have two years before we're playing, so we have a little bit of runway, which means we're, we put the pressure on ourselves to do this correctly, to do this right, to take our time, to really pour through every brand idea that we have. How can we actually bring that all the way to fruition? So our timeline right now is early 2020. We are sticking to that and and we have narrowed down but we have not decided um i'm i don't want to know until pretty close to announcement because i don't want to have that sitting on me uh, but our ownership and then a very small leadership team is working with a few uh branding uh 
experts to, to look through this and that decision will be made soon and it'll be awesome. Uh, but we do get a lot of fan feedback and we do pay attention to that, so. So you're not gonna announce it here? No, y'all are not the- Take a vote. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, we could take a vote. Um, but no, I'm very lucky not to be part of that process. I just sort of trust that the people who are doing it are really good at what they do. Awesome. Well, we're, we're all on the edge of our seats for that one. Same. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I want to I chat about with both of you, because you come at this from different angles, um, how do you think through building a program from scratch that spans across channel and that engages people and involves people and also meets those business objectives um, with all basically everything at your fingertips uh, because it's new, because it's fresh and you can try new things and and build it the way you want it. You're not you're not harbored by anything legacy, um, both on the tech side and the the experiential sponsorship side. Um, how are we thinking through this? And we can we can start with Michelle. So the tricky part of a startup as a marketing person is you don't have a lot of assets, so I can't show you any pictures of players or plays or videos from last year because there wasn't a last year. Um, and so right now as I build um, a marketing campaign for our tickets to be on sale um, or to re release our schedule, then we really just kind of look at um, trying to get out to our audience and who that is. So we um, have our season tickets um, deposits in. Um, not quite to the extent of the NHL, but we do have a great following so far. And so looking to see where are those people actually coming from, as well as what is the story that we're trying to tell. And so right now it's um, family fun and affordable. Um, it's using Coach Zorn um, as a great asset to the team and being able to have that as a recognizable um, name and face. Um, and then just really showing the ticket sales um, and the excitement that we are playing in CenturyLink Field, um, that we're playing with a great group of players, though we finished our draft yesterday so that the players' um, now, names have now been released or chosen. Um, and so then it's just taking all those pieces and really looking at the, um, the opportunities that we have um, with a limited budget. So for me, I don't have uh, really large budgets, but we have a really large city, so what's the best way to do that? And it's not necessarily just buying TV, commercials, because most of you fast forward them or record them and um, you know pass through them. Um, but it's using a lot of digital, uh, using some billboards, some different things to be able to kind of make that work. But the most thing is uh, lead generation or word of mouth. And so it's really just um, continuing to have opportunities to get in front of the fans in, uh, in new ways. Access is the, the biggest thing that the XFL also wants to talk about. So when you're watching the game, uh, you may see video or cameras in the locker room. You may see players um, taking selfies or high-fiving people in the crowds. You may see the players um, arrive through a tailgate opportunity. And so um, the XFL is really big on access and the entertainment piece. Um, and so that will be something that the players will get used to. And I think that the fans will really enjoy as well. Awesome, that's gonna be great. So, and Becca, your, your focus is much more on the tech enablement side. So talk about how you think through that, the, the cross-channel experience and the storytelling that, that needs to be powered by all this stuff. For sure, so this is actually why I moved over into sports because as a product or as a technologist, I have never had the opportunity to work with a completely blank slate. I've always been working on a product that exists or behavior that I'm trying to change. And we are thinking about the fan experience in the way that we get to define what it is. It's going to be a brand new building that no one will have ever been inside, a brand new sport in a brand new city, 
And all of those pieces lead us to this incredible creative opportunity and also technical opportunity to rethink every single thing, whether it is parking or how you buy food or how you buy a ticket or how you find out how long the restroom wait line is or even sitting on your sofa, how you engage with us from a, a content perspective. That is why I made this move because we aren't fighting the, oh, I, whenever I go to a game, I get my beer at this one location and then I walk to my seat this way and then I always get a hot dog from this stand, I don't have to break those habits, which is amazing as a product manager. I don't have to fight that. Now, conversely, whatever is most exciting is also the most terrifying because that is a massive job and we're looking to solve a lot of problems, uh, which is a big undertaking from a technological perspective, but there's nothing but opportunity there in our eyes. And we think about that every day. So I, we, we got a great question up here I want to get to in a second, but really quickly, what is one of the biggest problems that you didn't anticipate that um, keeps you up at night? Yeah, so I think yeah, I've been in Seattle for five years now. I was only in Key Arena one time uh, in the time that I was here, and it was not great. Uh, and we are getting a brand new arena, so the Key Arena issues will not be there. But I think for me, the amount I talk about parking and traffic and the way I'm going to move people and how we're thinking about that has sort of blown my mind. I take public transit sometimes, but I'm by no means an expert. And we brought in our VP of transportation, actually used to be on city council. He is a transportation guru. Uh, I, you can ask him any question. I wanna go from this place to this place. And he knows the exact bus route, what stop you're going to get off, what time the bus gets there. It's incredible. So working with him, he is really thinking about how we're going to move these you know, 17,000, 18,000 people in and out of the building constantly and how I, from a technology perspective, can make that easy. And a good example is, and Michelle's heard this before, is we're thinking about where we assign uh, your parking space and that should be in the lot that's closest to the highway that you need to get to when you're leaving not where you're coming from, because exit is when everyone's leaving at the same time. So if you need to go get on I-5, we need to put you in the lot that's closest to that. If you need to get on 99, we need to put you in that lot, which sounds like a simple solution, but that's a massive technical undertaking. And while that sounds like a simple idea, uh, you know, when you go to a game now, people just go to the arena and then start to spiral outward looking for parking. And that's not what we want to happen. We want to direct people in what is the best option for them, whether they're walking taking the bus or driving themselves. We're thinking about that every day. So I feel like I know a lot about transit options now, which is a new a new forte for me. Nice. But as, a, as an old Sonic season ticket holder, I, uh, that, that's music to my ears. I'm excited you guys are thinking about that. Okay, so question from Alina. Uh, what is one of the unique, what is one unique aspect you are bringing to the fan experience that is different from other NHL teams? Uh, and we'll ask that of XFL too. I know each of the teams is gonna be doing something differently. Yeah, and that's actually, we're really sort of early on in talking about that. We go to a lot of games. Uh, my boss is actually in Vegas right now. He's going to a game tonight, lucky duck. Uh, but we are trying to absorb what other teams are doing well and also taking inspiration, not just from other teams, but from other industries as well. And so, you know, the unique aspect, I mean, I will talk about because what is established is the building. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that it is an absolute feat of engineering what we are doing. Uh, if you get a chance to come to our preview center at some point, you should definitely do it. But we are digging down another 15 feet in the bowl and another 53 feet on the sides. So you as a 
fan are going to enter in at the very top of the building and then go down. The building is going to be 85% subterranean, and so the noise and the lights and the intensity and the intimacy of that building will be world-class and unique unto itself. There will be no experience like it. And if you ever were in Key Arena, we're actually bringing the bowl in 10 feet on each side is how steep and intimate it's going to be. And our ownership group and OVG, who is building the building, they decided not to add a second row of suites. Instead, they extended the upper bowl because we want the fans to have the opportunity to be there. And uh, we're even thinking about where we put the scoreboards you know, here I said plural, so that the two sides of the bowl can see each other and interact with each other. Because normally if you're up in the upper bowl, you can't see the other side of the building because there's this huge jumbotron blocking your way. We want the arena to feel like you are part of a massive group there together or a family there together. That's awesome. And Seattle known for loud fans. So I think people yes. are gonna rally around that too. So. Michelle, how about, how about uh, on the XFL side, how are teams doing it differently as they're building out these programs? I think each team is unique because of the players that they have on the team, but also um, the community that's around them. And Seattle, as we know, is um, such a sports town, but also just so um, driven and unique that um, we've gotten a lot of feedback from fans on what they would love to see or what are they going to get to see. Um, we want to keep it entertaining. We want to have exciting music when you want to walk when you walk in. We want you to be able to bring your um, your family and friends and have something to do before the game. Um, so we will have um, a tailgate, but not a stand in the parking lot with a beer tailgate. We will do that, but there will be things to do. There will be, uh, you know, um, experiences or yard games or other things like that. And then to be able to go in the um, into the stadium and see the players early, be able to take photos with them, be able to high five them, um, and then be entertained by them and um, some unique uh, entertainers. You know, what can we do at halftime that's fun, but it's still quick? So the XFL game will be um, a shorter game. The rules will be a little bit different, um, but you won't see as many huddles. You won't see a lot of TV timeouts, um, and you'll see actually a celebration area, a dedicated celebration area on the field, which will be kind of fun to see. Nice. You'll know where the party is all the time. Nice. I love that. Okay, so question from Allison. Since all the XFL teams are owned by one person, how much of your branding and marketing is aligned with the other teams across the nation? I'd, I'd love to add on to this too. Since they're doing the training camps together, what is that going to look like? What's the dynamic going to be there? Yep, good question. Um, it, it is very interesting as a marketing person to um, see what the league is doing. Um, the biggest thing for me is that um, our fans and our, the consumer doesn't want to feel like they're buying something at a corporate level. And so you don't want to fire buying one of eight things and that we happen to get Seattle. Um, and so my goal and my job is to make that feel like it's Seattle. So our marketing campaign that's coming out, we'll have Coach Zorn on it. We'll have Century League Field on it. We'll start to have our players and it won't just have our logo to then see that all of the other teams have the exact same marketing piece with the logos. And so um, that's been my biggest push um, as somebody that's from Seattle and knows what we um, what we hold on to, what we swipe for, what we won't pay attention to. Um, and I've learned that from a lot of my colleagues at the other sports teams too. And so um, you'll see that it still has a Seattle touch to it. And it's something that I push the league back every day. Um, a lot of times I've actually just gone out on my own with their permission to take something and do that in-house rather than their kind of agency is to be able to have us have a different look than maybe what Dallas or Houston or LA is having. Awesome. That's great. Okay. I want to ask one quick question that kind of resets the, the context here. Uh, why is fan engagement so important to a sports team? So just taking it back to the high level, why is this 
uh, such a critical piece of what you're doing. And I think we're out of time, so we're actually gonna end on this one. Um, but why is the fan experience and fan engagement so central to what you're doing? And we can, we can start with Beckett. Sure, so I say this a lot and it is very central to my heart. I mean, I grew up a, a Southerner, so college football is sort of our uh, Saturday church. It's where we all are and it's the first question people ask you growing up in the South. But sports are the great equalizer. Uh, they are the community builder that any city can actually unify in. It doesn't matter gender, age, socioeconomic status, race, religion. When you're in an arena or you're watching on TV with your fans uh, in the t-shirts at a bar, it doesn't matter where you are. You all have a common goal and experience in that moment. There is not a person wearing a Georgia t-shirt who walks by me even if I am in a different country that I don't say go dogs to and they are socially required to say go dogs back to me and it doesn't matter where I am and that to me and to us as a company is what we think about in every single meeting. There is not a single meeting that goes by, even when it's you know financial budget meetings, that we don't sit there and think about how will this affect the fans? How will this make their experience better? And how can we continue to strengthen Seattle and the community here and the sports fans, the avid sports fans that we know that we have, how can we honor them moving forward? And fan experience, it doesn't matter if we have the flashiest technology in the world, if it doesn't work properly and if it doesn't help keep you in your seat longer or help educate you as a fan, then we haven't done our job. And that equalizing community-based piece is what we're talking about every day. She said most of what I would say. I think the fan experience and the fan engagement is, is the most important thing for building a new sports team and for sports. Um, that's the reason that we're really there putting it on. Um, the opportunity that we've had to um, watch our fan base grow um, is also, also to be able to get in front of them. And so we do a seat at the table with our team president every Wednesday on Facebook Live. Um, that gives people an opportunity to tweet in questions prior to um, Wednesday and then watch it when they want. And so you can ask the questions that can help build um, a game day opportunity. It can help build how we're gonna put a pink campaign together um, to ask questions about how we're bringing on different players or what the anything that you wanna know instead of just waiting for things to be released. And so I think that's the great thing about, about social media is learning from our fans, um, but also just getting out right in front of them. And so we wanna create an experience that makes you wanna get excited to come, that's affordable, that you wanna bring your friends to, um, that wants to keep you in your seats, but then that you look forward to coming back um, the next time. Um, and that makes you, you leave feeling good, um, that you felt like it was a great experience, hopefully it was a great win, um, but that the team and the, um, the stadium and the experience was something that you would tell your friends about and that you would invite them to come back to as well. Awesome. Well, folks, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm bummed that we're done, but uh, channel your inner, inner Seattle sports fan and help me give a round of applause to Becca and Michelle. Great conversation. Thank you so much.